Welcome to the Love Reimagined Podcast. If you're tired of hearing about a God who is supposedly represented perfectly through Jesus, but is less kind than you, your grandma, and even Hitler, this podcast is for you. We welcome you to join Joe Chadburn, that's me, and friends as we reimagine Father through the perfect lens of Christ. Now, we occasionally tip a few sacred cows, but be assured that no members of the bovine species were harmed during the recording of this episode you are about to enjoy. Hi, friends, it's Joe. Welcome to episode one of the Strong Sister series on loverimagine.org the Love Reimagined podcast, and my YouTube channel. Today's featured guest is my good friend, TJ Alvarado. Welcome, TJ. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me. Oh, sis, it is my pleasure. Absolutely. Who knew that we'd be talking? I'm in Amish country, Indiana, and you're there in uh, Gwinnett County, Georgia. Uh, We met many moons ago at a GNC store, both of us working in the fitness industry. That's correct. And uh, just, yeah, I just appreciated you so much, you know, meeting you and then, you know, following you ever since. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Now, let's tell you a little bit about uh, about TJ. I've been reading up on her, too. Very, very interesting lady. Okay. TJ was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, has been a resident of Georgia since 1994. Atlanta is the training ground where her family was consumed by the raging fire of drug addiction in an oppressive marriage while raising four young children. TJ rose from the ashes 13 years ago and has been rebuilding ever since. Her story is one of courage, faith, and a relentless desire to conquer the challenges of being a woman of diversity who will stop at nothing to leave a legacy that will inspire women. TJ is one of the earliest members of the Gwinnett Family Violence Task Force in the greater Atlanta area. She's a mother of four, grandmother, that's hard to believe, but it's true, businesswoman and community activist. You can also watch her on The Single Mom Life at thesinglemomlife.us and The Single Mom Life YouTube channel. The Single Mom Life show is powered by the Single Mom Network. The Single Mom Network is an organization developed to assist in connecting single moms to the resources they need to be successful in their businesses and careers while overcoming everyday obstacles as single parents. Their goal is to connect moms all over the world to resources they can utilize to combat the adversities they face. The Single Mom Life show highlights topics and conversations that shine light on real issues that single moms face while providing real solutions. Now, I'm a dude, and I've watched this Single Mom Life show, and it's good. It's really good. You will, you will, you will enjoy it regardless of your gender if you just have an open heart and an open mind. And you can find all of these links uh, for TJ and her, her friends, her crew, um, on, uh, on this YouTube episode's description at lovereimagine.org and on the Love Reimagine podcast. So, TJ, without further ado, uh, we had a little bit of uh, discussion before, and there's some questions uh, that uh, that I think you'd like to to answer, and then we'll we can dive deeper. Just see where the Lord takes us in this. Uh, do you, before I start, do you have anything uh, to say to the listeners and viewers? 
Um, you know, not, as, not especially. I'm just very grateful for the listening ears. I'm very grateful for uh, this platform and the invitation to, you know, share my message, you know, share my life story. I think that, um, you know, as we get older in life and we learn to be transparent, you know, with the things we've experienced, we can definitely build a stronger community, you know, stronger families and uh, make it better for the next generation. I think when we keep things hidden and in silence, that's when we can have struggle after struggle, generation after generation. And, you know, my desire is to, you know, break those chains, break those bondages, you know, break those generational curses um, by being transparent with what I went through, not alone, however, thanks to God, and to share my journey, you know, if nothing else is an example that, you know, God did it for me and with me, and he can do it for you too. Um, and, I, and I just hope that it, this podcast, this, this show would fall on those ears of those individuals that need it, and that they would share it with other people too. And we can just help each other, you know, be stronger in this life, be better. Yes, ma'am, and amen. Okay. Yeah. So TJ, uh, what's the biggest life lesson that you've learned thus far on your journey? Woo! Okay, yeah. Um, my biggest life lesson is it is so very important who you choose with intention. It should be intentional. Who you choose as your life partner, you know, as your spouse. Um, you know, when we're in our, you know, 20s and even 30s, you know, for many of us, we're still very young. We're, we're, we've got a lot of things that we have to learn within ourselves about ourselves and more importantly about our creator. Because until we understand who he is, we really don't have a full, complete understanding of who we are. And so oftentimes that just leaves the door wide open, um, you know, for us to encounter lots of challenges and a lot of heartache that otherwise could have been avoided. So my biggest life lesson is, is um, you know, and I will quote, I believe his name is uh, H. Jackson Brown. I think he's the one where I've, I saw that so succinctly, you know, be careful who you choose as your uh, life partner, because from this one decision, 90% of your happiness or misery will stem from that choice. And it's not a knock on anyone, you know, everybody, you know, uh, goes through things and nobody is perfect, but it's at what stage that you choose to enter into a partnership, you know, with someone. And, you know, as, as young as I was when I did get married and, you know, in my mind, I'm fixated on this is going to be successful. This is going to work. I'm fully committed. But, but did I make sure that, you know, the person I was with was on the exact same page? You know, were they ready for that same responsibility? Do we really have that communication? You know, um, you know, you watch the movies and Disney and what you perceive is the meaning of a, you know, great relationship, whether it's from church or friends or even what's emulated by your parents. And we get this hodgepodge mix of, of what we think. Um, but do you really know yourself? And uh, that's, that's my biggest life lesson because that's, that's what I've spent, you know, at least half my life on <laughs> is healing 
and um, getting to this place that I am now. So I can say, and I always lovingly, jokingly say this, like, I'm the poster child of what not to do. But, you know, more importantly, it's like, I'm, I'm the poster child of God's love and, and God's redemption. And, you know, he is the God of second, third, fourth, and fifth chances, you know, and, um, and that, and we'll get into this, and that how forgiveness is so, I, I understand it from such a different perspective than I, than I hear of often. And so I, I look forward to sharing that. So that all ties in with what's the biggest life lesson? Be careful who you marry. Yeah. Really know yourself. <laughs> well, I, I could tell you, I, I too am the poster child for many screw ups. Um, <laughs> a lot of us don't have all the exact same ones, but, right. uh, but, but absolutely. But you know what? I'm glad that father knew about our screw ups before the foundation of the world, factored yes. them all in and we can walk in union with him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just his, he is a redemptive genius. He can, yes. he will, he will give us beauty for ashes. Yes. So long as we just, just rest in his love, receive love and mm -hmm. then give that love away. And we really can't give that love away until we love ourselves. And if okay. we're beating ourselves, if we feel like God's beating us up, we're created in his image. We're going to beat ourselves up. And in turn, we're going to beat others up. We're going to be very judgmental and angry. And just like the, just like the God we, you know, think we serve. Right. But, he, but he's not, he's not like that. You know, he, he loves us. He cares for us. And I'm, I'm so glad that he has, he is the way he just doesn't only have a way and not that he's just made a way, but he is the way, the truth and the life. And so, you know, this is, this is a wonderful journey and we can take the things that we've learned, you know, our screw ups and help other people, especially younger generations to not make the same mistakes. And also, you know, there are some things that aren't necessarily mistakes. We can be right. just simply victims of circumstance. You know, it's not a woman's fault if some man starts beating her or cheating mm -hmm. on her or, or, you know, doing whatever. And, and that can be yes. vice versa, you know? Um, yeah. And people change. You can you can mm -hmm. marry somebody, and then all of a sudden things, you know, things change. I mean, anybody mm -hmm. can be Prince Charming with a you know with a five thousand dollar credit limit uh, for just right. so long, you know, um, and a, and and a rental car or whatever. I <laughs> mean, so mm -hmm. the the, the oh, whole yeah. thing is don't be played. You know, don't be played. Yeah. Don't don't think you know just with uh, with your eyes, your hormones. It's got to be relationships need to be a spirit thing, and that's yeah. so important. You should connect spirits. There should be an attraction, spirit, soul, and body. We are yeah. tripartite beings. We are, and God wants wholeness for us. You know, He loves mm -hmm. us. And so, so yeah, it's not just about, man, it's not just about second chance, it's about millionth chances mm -hmm. in so many things and just ways that we can grow as we repent. And that word repent means metanoia. It means to mm -hmm. have a mind change when we begin yes. to think like he thinks about us and about our brothers and sisters, we begin to think differently about ourselves. And then we begin to, our thoughts, our speech, our actions, uh, mm -hmm. just, just fall in line with that. And right. then that just unravels, you know, that just, and, and beauty explodes out of that. So that's yeah. something it's really, right. yeah. You're so right with the, with the mindset thing, Joe, because I can tell you when, um, 
you know, when I was going through the thick of it before I actually, you know, came to that conclusion, like, okay, this, this isn't working, this is not going to work and, you know, seeking answers. And, you know, just like I'm sure, you know, many people that are in a, you know, difficult situation, difficult relationship, and you go to church and you pray and you ask God. And I went in my prayer closet. I literally had an area in my home where I would always pray, you know, I quoted scriptures. I gave them back to God. I said, Father God, you are not man that you would lie. I stand on your word in this scripture, in that scripture, over and over. I did all the different fasts. You know, I did the John the Baptist fast at one time. God, thank you. If I, if I could have got my hand on locusts, I would have ate that, but I was so intentional. And what I learned is that when you really and truly and diligently seek God, like you said, there is a mindset change when you really get into his word and get to know who he is but the amazing thing that i will tell you is that at the time when i was in prayer my prayer was many times you know god please change him god touch his heart god make him do this make him do that you know mm. god i'm following everything you say so since i'm doing everything right god you know it's like i'm the good kid he's the bad kid make him right you know i used to say things like god you know you change saul into paul in an instant do that to him right now god you know and if god wasn't doing what i wanted sometimes i get so frustrated and then you know be wondering like what's wrong with me why isn't god doing this and through that course of time what i've understood now is that when you're praying when you get on your knees and you get before god and you sincerely pray when you are really seeking that help guess what prayer does work and pr prayer changes but who does that prayer change? Yeah. Change me. Yes, it yeah. does. And, and that, you know, the realization of, of things, you know, where now I've got to accept what God's telling me and really take responsibility for my part, right, in this event and things that are going on. And a lot of times, most of the time, that's a really hard pill to swallow because when we're hurt, um, and especially if you're in an abusive situation, you know, it's really easy to go, well, he did this or she does this. And if not for them, if they would just get things right. But, you know, brothers and sisters, what I want to tell people is that you, you've got to look in the mirror and you've got to understand that, you know, God gives us our free will to make choices. Mm -hmm. And just like the free will he gives us, the Holy Spirit is also a gentleman. So the Holy Spirit will not force himself on anyone. We have to invite him into our life, just like we invite the presence of God in, into our prayer circle, into our atmosphere when we pray and we reach out to him. Our God is that loving God that, you know, you don't do a bunch of chants and systematic rituals and things in order, and then he da -da, appears. No, we can talk to him just like you and I are talking to each other because he made us. So he communicates with us on any level and any lingo and any language and any time, day or night. Um, but just like the loving father that he is a loving parent, when you imagine having kids of your own, right? If I had, if one of my kids came up to me and said, mom, I'm doing everything perfect and she's over here, she's not doing right. So make her do my stuff too, or make her, you know, and as a parent, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. So why do we think that the God creator who made us would force anyone to do anything? So the change comes from within, when you're really seeking God, and I got to that place, that place of brokenness, 
where, you know, when they, when they say hard-headed, I think it's because just like we're, you know, we're made from the potter's clay, my clay is pretty hard. It was probably made from red dirt, real hard to crack. And it took a while uh, for all of God's, you know, wisdom and knowledge and through prayer for, for me to just allow it to, you know, break me. And when, when, it, when you become so broken, then that's the chance for God to come in and heal and rebuild, you know, uh, rebuild us stronger. There was and a time when... Without me even realizing it, you know, I would basically be praying for the Lord, yeah, to violate other people's will, to kind of turn them into <laughs> robots who would do what I wanted them to do, you know, and that's, that's kind of, that's not even bordering on witchcraft, that's kind of entering into it. And I once, my longest fast was 30 days with nothing but water, and I basically got nothing but hungry and miserable. You know why? Because I was fasting for the purpose of getting God to love me and favor me instead of fasting and praying from his love and out of his love that I've already been accepted. Yes. Doing things yes. for acceptance. Oh my gosh. Yes. In, 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 <laughs> instead of out of acceptance, you know, when we're doing something unto acceptance and love, we've got it all wrong. We're That's already right. in love. God was in That's Christ right. reconciling the cosmos to himself, you know, yes. um, he did this. He loves us. He's included us. And, uh, and he cares for us. That's every mm -hmm. single one of us. So mm -hmm. when I understand that, then I'm functioning out of love, not trying to impress some big God who's right. way out there in the ether yeah. somewhere. No, he's in me. I'm in him. Heaven is the realm of the spirit. And yes. I, can, I can function in both realms at the same time, in the invisible and visible realm, and just let Mr. Love love me and love through yes. me. And to me, right. that is, that's really good sound theology, you know? Yeah, it is. It's not because of who we are, but who he is, right? We don't do anything to earn it. And that was something that, you know, for some reason, when we're growing up, it's like you have to earn love. You have to earn, you know, that's, that was the conditioning that I received. And so I also perceived God that, right, you know, you feel unworthy. I don't deserve this love. And just like you said, making penance or, or begging or doing things, God, I'll do these things and then you'll love me. No, he, like you said, he just, he loves us because of who he is. He loves us right where we are. He is always there. He never leaves us. When we walk away, when we come back, he's right there. He's never, ever left our side, you know? And uh, wow. one of my favorite things is I remember um, walking up to Stone Mountain and literally I, I was so just overwhelmed with everything going on. And I'll tell you about the supernatural power of God. I have felt it. I stomped up Stone Mountain that day and I wanted to get as close as I could to Daddy God. And I said, you know what? I said, we're close, but I'm gonna get as close as I can because I'm so upset with you. And I got to the top of Stone Mountain early, early in the morning, right before sunrise. So there wasn't gonna be a whole lot of people because I was really gonna give it to him. And I did, I, I yelled at the top of my lungs and I cried and I said, you know, why, like, why God, why am I going through all these things, just screaming and crying? And Joe, there was this big gust of wind. It came from the front first, then it came from behind me. And then it felt like a whirlwind around me to where it, I kind of felt like this and it just felt like a big hug. It came in, mm. it might've held me for, uh, I don't know, maybe three, four, five seconds. And then it was gone and everything was still. 
-hmm. And when I, I do not ever forget that feeling. And I looked around and there was no one around me and it felt like God just said, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Yes. I'm here and I love you and I've never left you. And yes. ever since then, no, I, I never shake my fist or yell at God. Like yeah. I never say, hey, where were you? What are mm -hmm. you doing? He, he showed up and he let me know. And I, that's not something I read in a book. That's not my friend's experience. That is my firsthand experience. So I want to encourage everyone that hears this. You know, if you feel as though, where is God? Is God real? I haven't felt him. I don't, you know, ask for him. Ask. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that those of you that are wanting that supernatural touch from the Lord, that he would reach out to you and touch you in a way that only you would understand in the mighty name of Jesus. And it will be the most subtle thing, but it's the one thing that will resonate with you and you alone. And I promise you, you will, if you had any doubts about him caring about you, you will not after, after doing that because he loves you. He absolutely loves you. And um, he's just, he's just waiting. He waits on us to open up to him and to invite him in. Remember, you know, he's, he's a gentleman. Our God does not force himself on anyone, but just invite him in. And he's real. He's real. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. And that's yeah. whether, whether he meets you in a whirlwind or mm -hmm. his still small voice as he, yes. as he loves to, you know, yes. or the peace mm -hmm. of God is the referee in our hearts. And we just know, we just know intuitively in the spirit and i find man god has a sense of humor because i know that there's like confederate soldiers carved on that mountain and here uh -huh. you got this sweet lady with brown skin at the top of it above these guys and god meets her there yes yeah he meets you right where you are because you know what <laughs> because here's the thing you know he's he's the same yesterday today and forever right yeah. god is timeless he's everywhere and then he's right there with you each one of us we are his favorite and everything we see with the eyes are material things and those things are passed away they are not everlasting and forever but god is so it doesn't matter what mountain it doesn't matter who's carved on it it, it doesn't matter what no. you know and i say flesh bag we're in right it's no. our spirit we're one and uh, and that's what god sees and that's what god loves this is just a um you know another layer if you will um, that's, that's there for us on this earth, I, I guess you could say maybe, you know, as a challenge, but you know, when we say we are brothers and sisters in Christ being born of the same spirit and, you know, we have the same mind, then, you know, I, I could be, you know, I could be green like Shrek. I could have, you know, one eye in the middle of my forehead, but <laughs> as long as, you know, <laughs> I love the Lord and Jesus, my Lord and savior, we are family. You know, yeah. we are one with spirit. And uh, yeah. I think people need to, you know, stop getting caught up on what all of this out here looks like yep. and be focused on what's inside, right? What's, what's the character? What are, yeah. what are they doing? Not just what are they saying? Because we are to guide our ear gates and our eye gates. And, um, you know, this is that time uh, in the world now where we really have to, you know, operate with discernment because it can, you know, look like a duck, it can sound like a duck, but it's not a duck. Yeah. If it's, you know, flying in the air, you got to yeah. look at what it does. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, we, we see color and we see gender and we mm -hmm. celebrate diversity as we yeah. should, because these are all beautiful, unique expressions 
of who God is, you know, of what God looks like. And he is that wonderful and beautiful and infinite that, yeah, he's the, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's the deepest black, as you find maybe in my friends in South Sudan, you know, to the white people in, in Iceland and yes. everything, everything in between, you know, the beautiful, you know, Korean people and mm-hmm. all over, people all over Latin America and just, just beautiful people all over this globe. And they all, you know, racism is really hating a shade of God. Because we are all expressions of him, you know? That's a really good way to, to put that. I like how you said that. Yeah, that's right. Because that's what we all are. We are all expressions of him. Absolutely. 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 Mm-hmm. Fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, beautiful. Mm-hmm. We're the apple of his eye. And mm-hmm. this is a corporate thing. Yeah, we are brothers and sisters. Whether people have come yeah. to that reality or not, you know? If mm-hmm. there's another human being, if I can't look at them and see my creator... Mm-hmm. There's a problem. Jesus said, as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Jesus yes. perfectly identifies the incarnation forever identifies with mankind. Jesus is yes. forever in his glorified earth suit. He is a yes. man seated at the right hand of the father. He is a human being, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he forever identifies with us and we can identify with him. And uh, that's just a beautiful thing. Now, yeah. I have, uh, we have at least a couple more questions to go through. And I want to say that, that uh, had you not uh, volunteered these questions, I don't believe I'd be so forward as to, you know, just <laughs> ask them. But sure. the, so everybody knows, you know, so I am asking these, but these were things when I interview someone. And if I'm ever interviewed, I want to know, hey, what questions would you like? What are your dream questions? What do you want somebody to, to ask you that you can answer, you know? And so I think, I think that's very, very important because then you're going to hear that person's passion. They're just going to be able to, to pour that out. So having said that, um, why? Um, this is a sobering question here, but why did you leave your marriage? Okay. So I stayed in that marriage. Um, it was a total of almost 20 years. And I finally came to the realization that the same scripture that I was standing on and using as my grounds for, I am not going to break this covenant. I'm not going to come out of this marriage is actually the same scripture that set me free. And I'll tell you what that is. That was in, um, there's a scripture in Matthew and it's also in Mark, you know, whatever God has put together, let no man separate. And I believe it reads in a, in another, um, version in the Bible, whatever God has put uh, together, let no man put asunder. And so, you know, things got very bad. It wasn't just the emotional and the verbal abuse, but you know, before it gets better, then it gets worse. And when I decided like, hey, I can't do this with you, you know, again, he was not um, really ever in his right mindset because he was crippled by, uh, you know, drug use for a very long time and he'd get great and then, you know, fall off again. And it was very, it's, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, okay? Um, and I was standing on, you know, love conquers all, love is the greatest power, and this and that. But if a person doesn't want to change, it's not going to happen, okay? You can fast and pray for them, and everybody comes over from the small group and lays hands and, you know, casting out. And if they open the door and let those same spirits back in again, it just takes over again. And I got to the place where... I was standing on that scripture and I was praying, I was crying and, you know, 
everything else was telling me that I should leave this situation, but I said, no, God put us together. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna honor, gonna honor this. And then I heard it loud and clear. And it was after a really bad physical altercation and something in my brain just flipped. And it's like, there's no way I cannot continue to stay in this and crying in my prayer closet. And I was looking at the scripture as if I was so mad and angry, like, why God would you put this in here? Because now people are stuck. I am stuck because I want to leave, but I will honor you. I will honor you because you say in here, whatever you have put together, let no man take apart. And then I heard him and he said, baby girl, I didn't put you two together. You put you together. Mm. And man, did that just fall deep and resonate. And I had these flashes and I had to admit, God didn't bring this person into my life. You know, I was very young. I did. I went through a series of, you know, situations mm -hmm. and saw him and, you know, I thought he was so handsome. So this and that. And I was, I was also a very broken person at a young age because of things I had already encountered prior to meeting him. And I just said, you know what, that's it. This is the one that I'm going to marry. This is the one I want. I'm going to have beautiful kids with him. And no matter what, this is going to work. And I was like, you know, just a pit bull latched on this piece of wood. I was not letting go. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard that, though, that's when I decided I've got to walk away from this. Because now I understood who God is. And this, let me tell you, this was a long time coming. It was a long time of me going, you know, packing the kids in the car and we'd sit overnight at a Target or a Walmart because I'd say, we're not going home, but I had nowhere to go. I don't, don't have family here in Georgia. My family's up north. And then we'd end up just, you know, going right back home again. And it got so repetitive that my young kids even said at, you know, different times, like, mom, can we just go home? Because we're just going to sit in the parking lot and, then, and we're tired and we're just sitting in the car. Can we just go home? And, you know, Joe, when I look back and I remember some of those things because I guess the way God's designed us to, you know, he's so loving and merciful. I, I really don't remember many years um, of my life at that time. And I understand now that, you know, after, you know, counseling and different things that it's almost like a, a, a shutoff valve that's built inside of us as if to protect us from, you know, all of those situations. And so I don't remember I was in survival mode. Mm -hmm. um, but praise God, I'm here and I don't look like what I've been through. My, my children are alive, they're here and everyone is thriving and we're learning every day to heal those different wounds. But when I heard that loud and clear, that's when I knew. And then it got a bit worse before it got better after that. But now I was committed to that decision of, wait a minute, I did this. <laughs> God says, I don't have to stay. I don't have to stay. I'm not doing anything wrong by not staying. You know, there was so much in my head understood as pressure, how I would be looked at, you know, by my family. Nobody else had gotten divorced um, in the community. You know, you know, now be a single mom with four kids. Oh my, where's the husband? You know what I mean? Um, you know, I'm short in stature and, and sometimes without makeup, I can look like a kid. So now I'm getting dirty looks at the grocery store, like, oh, how young is she? And look at all these, you know, four kids mm -hmm. right behind her. I experienced a lot of those, you know, judgmental looks. And, and I, at that time, I could only like put my head down, like in shame, because it's like, you, you don't understand what's happened, but you know, who's, who's going to listen. So, 
um, that journey I walk through is, is something that, you know, I'm willing and open to share. And that's why my life's work now is built around that, is helping women overcome challenges. Because once you go through that type of um, heartbreak or that type of destruction, if you will, you know, when you've got a relationship or a marriage that you just was thinking that this is your, you know, it's your foundation, right? That's, that's home base. When that gets broken apart, every other area gets affected. You know, your work life gets affected, your health gets affected, your finances get affected. There's so much to build back from. And you can't do it all at once, but you can do it all with God. And for many of the years while I was building back, I didn't even realize how God kept his hand on me. I'd be wrong to say, and I really don't like the term single mom because that implies that I did it alone. And I did it, I did it with the help of God and with the people that was in my life, whether it was a one-time thing or people that were there for a season, they were his hands, they were his feet, they were his mouthpiece yeah. um, that would just pour in at the right time, you know, to give, to give me or my kids what we needed. We, ne we maybe didn't get a lot of things that we wanted, but we sure did receive the things that was needed, yeah. you know, to, to grow and to heal. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's why I left because I, that was the chain that I felt why I kept staying. People like, and it's not like people because nobody knew what was going on. But when I say people, that there was two women that were kind of close to me and they didn't really know what was going on. They knew that I cried a lot, you know, and I was at church without my husband oftentimes. And they just would kind of give me a look like, well, do you, do you have family you can go to? And I said, no, I don't have any family here. And I said, but I'm, I'm going to stay with them because the Bible says, you know, whatever God's put together, let no man. And, and I thought I was honoring God in that. But you know what, brothers and sisters, God is love. And if you are experiencing anything less or sideways or malicious and violent and unloving, uncaring, um, no compassion, that's, that's not God and that's not love. Yeah. And that is not his desire for any of his children. Um, you, you're not talking about, yeah, just differences of opinion or burning the toast or, uh, you know, not cooking mm -hmm. the grits right. You're, you're talking, when we're talking about neglect and abuse and, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and patterns and cycles, and I wouldn't, don't wait for a pattern or cycle. As soon as a guy hits you, you, you right. get out of the house, find help. And I'm not yeah. saying that things can't be reconciled, right. but uh, the Lord doesn't want any woman to be a punching bag. What loving father would? What right. father would say, hey, here's my daughter, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, just just abuse her. And that's that's mm -hmm. definitely, definitely not the case, you know, and we take, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many formalities that we see. I mean, when we see like Isaac and Rebecca, I mean, marriage was mm -hmm. really physical act in a tent is what happened. Mm -hmm. you know? Um, it wasn't, right. it wasn't some ceremony, you know, so mm -hmm. the, whole, the whole thing of marriage is so much deeper and becoming, you know, one with somebody is, uh, I mean, it's intense. So, so yes. everything, you know, with relationships, sexuality, all of it, none of it should be taken oh. lightly or be entered into lightly because That's you right. do have these, these ties, you know, that occur and, and then, you, you know, but to think that to, to be so legalistic to think that God wants somebody to stay in a relationship where they are being beaten, where they're being abused, um, where they're being totally neglected. 
Um, you know, no, definitely not. And too often people look at the scriptures and, uh, you know, they're looking at, you know, what the woman is supposed to do and they don't, <laughs> you know, instead of, instead of the man, you know, there's no focus on the man. It's just this right. woman. And, you know, people don't understand what obey means, you know, that word obey really in the Greek is to hearken attentively and we're to hearken attentively to one another, you know, yes. and the yes. apostle Paul, when he was writing at the time, when you see what things that were written in Ephesus um, and, and to the Corinthians and throughout his letters, Paul wasn't a male chauvinist pig. You dealt with female dominated societies with temple prostitutes and priests. So you had women who were in charge. So what Paul is saying is men have a place too, really. Mm -hmm. if, if, if you look at the scripture <laughs> and understand it, it was, a, it was kind of a men too movement in that as far mm -hmm. as in those pagan cultures, you know? Um, yeah. with, with all of these, these sex cults and everything. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really important for people to understand that and understand the context. But we are to submit to one another, he said. You yes, know, we right. submit to, to another, one another, another, you know, mm -hmm. and be in, you know, hearken attentively. And so it's never any relationship where someone's the boss and always has to tell mm -hmm. you that they're in charge or that right. they have the last word, that's not a good relationship. A good relationship is what, we, is what Father, Son, and Holy Spirit model for us. Yes. Because they function yes. together perfectly in this divine dance that theologians call the perichoresis. So the mm -hmm. biggest thing isn't a pyramid structure where you're above me, it's right. where we are dancing together, where we're walking in union in the yes. unforced rhythms of grace and where we're functioning that's in right. his rest together and that's when you're functioning as one and paul said he said i show you a mystery concerning christ in the church a man shall leave his father and mother cleave to his wife they shall be one flesh he said i speak this is a mystery concerning christ in the church so it's not just a bridal paradigm uh, jesus is our husband but we are in him he is in us yes and he loves yes. us so much and he doesn't control us. He doesn't no. beat us. I mean, we talked about this before. He does not force his will on us, although That's he correct. will continue, I mean, just loving us and his mercies endure forever. So this, this is really something that, that people need to, to keep in mind when they're reading the Bible. There's so much language in there, too, when you're there looking is, at yeah. a... At a, you know, especially King James. King James, you have yeah. someone who's, uh, you know, the, the monarchy, the patriarchy, the person mm -hmm. who is over this kingdom. And he's also uh, the head of the church at the time. And he wants people mm -hmm. under his thumb. So a lot of ways, with the way that the language comes out, if mm -hmm. you really look at it in the Greek, it's way more nuanced, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's how we function in certain relationships. But it's, it's all about love. It's not this... Yes ugly pyramid scheme it's not you under my thumb and it's not you, you know like like it's not well you know abuse me you know keep abusing yeah, no, me no it's not it's absolutely it's not, not how it works you know it, it goes a lot to say too that when when as believers and even you know new new babes in christ right or anyone that's wanting to understand christianity and they pick up the bible you know i really really I really don't like it when people just want to pick out, you know, one little scripture and say, but this part, you know, or but this part, it's, it's like you're taking a recipe and then you pick one ingredient out and you go, oh, well, it's, it's got jalapeno. So this whole thing must be hot. It's like, no, you've got to understand the entire context. You've got to understand what was taking place, you know, whose viewpoint this was from, 
and then understanding how to apply it. And, and just as you said, in the original Greek and Hebrew text, when you really get into, right, literally the definition and the meanings of those words, yeah. you know, I feel like our language today, Joe, is so watered down and shallow, to be honest. Uh, you know, I studied briefly for a year. I got my ministry certificate, you know, a few years back. Mm -hmm. And I really loved when I would read scripture, I really loved reading it in, in the original Greek and Hebrew, because there was so much more that came out mm -hmm. of a paragraph than just what we attribute to it in our, you know, modern language and, and in today's language. So, you know, to your point, you know, we are spiritual beings. And our mind is, our thoughts are not his thoughts, our ways are not his ways. Yes. And putting that into context for us, from prophets, right, years ago, and then bringing it forward into now this 20, 21st century, and how it's getting mixed and mangled and watered down, and, and, and a lot of things are omitted. Yeah. It's not, to me, it's not even so horrible. I mean, it is the stuff that gets added, but it's the things that are omitted. Mm -hmm. You know, just imagine when you're cooking something, but someone decides to take out that one little thing that gives it that, mm, this almost tastes like grandma's, but something's missing. You know, imagine with God's word, when people don't fully understand that, what happens? Things like, what happened to me? I get focused on this one scripture and I go, I've got to stay there. I've got to stay there. Mm -hmm. And look how many years I was stuck there. But praise God, because, you know, you know, one day is like a thousand, right? In God's mm -hmm. courts and a thousand days to him is like one. So again, I just, I praise God. I don't look like what I've been through. And That's if so me going through all that is so that I could have an opportunity like this to share yeah. it with our brothers and sisters and say, Hey, guess what? God is not legalistic. God is not forceful. You know, God loves us just as we are and God is love and he would not ever give you anything less than good and loving and pure. And that's what your relationships should reflect and that definitely should be a foundation for that life partner that you choose as you said in one accord equally yoked right and and those are those things so we have to take responsibility for the choices we make that was a, a big thing for me because then it was like oh wait so you, wait you mean i i did this i did this <laughs> so now it's like okay now i've got to walk through it and get out of it and through the whole thing like you said God was there, still there the whole time. He's with us with our mess. You know, it's like we put things together and go, okay, God, now bless it. Tie it in our nice little bow. And that's not now, the way God works. I'll be labeled a heretic for saying this, but it's okay. Um, but I really, uh, something, I saw so many beautiful things in the book, in the movie, The Shack, mm. the way the feminine side of God was represented okay wow. and the way yeah. only at first the feminine where matt could only uh, mackenzie could only receive the feminine because the the masculine was so harsh and then that came forward after but god is neither male nor female okay right. he is he is light and yes. hum humanity Good. Good. humanity if it were just male alone it would be a very incomplete expression of god god has a feminine side 
Most yeah. of when you read uh, even the, the pronouns for Holy Spirit, and when you look at pneuma, when you look at, at the, the words that describe Holy Spirit in the, in the Greek and Hebrew, you'll mm -hmm. find, you're going to find a lot of feminine in there, okay? You'll yeah. find El Shaddai, the many-breasted one, Jesus talking about uh, comparing himself to a mother hen, okay? Um, there's, there's so many times where you will see um, God being expressed in the feminine, and, and really, the expression of God, again, in the earth through humanity is incomplete without the feminine expression, okay? Yes. So if you mm -hmm. look at that and you look at we have this one God, okay, and he, in a sense, all right, the triune God submits to himself and there's this, there's these parts, and we don't fully understand it, can't fully grasp this, but we know that there is masculine and feminine, at least characteristic tendencies as best we know. And we know that man is the mankind, male and female, is the apex of his creation. And he said, it's not good for man to be, to be alone. And he didn't create man to help woman. He, helped, <laughs> he created the woman because yes. the man was an incomplete expression of him and yes. man would be lonely. So it takes it takes all of this, okay? There's, uh -huh. there's this masculine and feminine expression. So to, so to, mm -hmm. to believe that one uh, uh, should dominate the other, okay, is, is, right. really, is really wrong and it's not scriptural. And it's something that people really need to take another peek at, okay? Mm -hmm. I believe I'm so thankful for, yeah, for lady teachers, lady ministers, yeah. uh, you know, ladies who share, <laughs> because I'll tell you what, there is a feminine side of God uh, that the church has not expressed and people outside of the church have gotten a greater revelation that, hey, women are so much where it's at, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, we have things to contribute to this earth, uh, you know, that someone with different reproductive, uh, <laughs> you know, plumbing and different <laughs> psychology that's wired totally different, you know, the brain, um, mm -hmm. you know, can accomplish, yet both need each other to yeah. express the fullness of God. And I believe yeah. that is the same where, yeah, we should see color and we should see gender and we should appreciate and, and different culture and everything else and appreciate that and right. just, just see father in it and just, you know, and just, just really love one another. So yeah, yeah. this is yeah. powerful. This is really good. You know, I love that, you know, that you mentioned that just as far as the feminine side of God, because he did create all of us, you know, and I think some people have heard, you know, hey, he didn't create woman from, you know, under the foot. He didn't, you know, create us from the top of the skull. You know, he created us from the rib so that we're at the man's side. And I affectionately, you know, with my friends and I joke and I say, well, you know, that's a man, but we're a whoa man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we, you know, whatever we take, you know, we're, you know, man has the seed, but we're that soil. So whatever you give a woman, she's going to multiply and make more of. So if you love a woman, you're going to get all kinds of, right? Love times 10 or 100 and whatever that looks like to you. It's going to flourish. It's going to be plentiful. And, uh, you know, and, and if you give a woman, you know, some not so great stuff, you're going to get 10 to 100 times of that too. So if you're wondering, why is she treating me like this? And you go, well, what, what'd you give her? You know, what'd you do? Because that's, that's what we do. You know, we nurture and we, we grow those things that are given unto us and we complement each other in that. 
you know, I do believe in. I think that's, know, that's the natural course of things, but there's also mm -hmm. women rising above that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yes. And oh, to yes. me, when I hear your story, it was like, I'm rising above that. Mm -hmm. in, yes. the, in, in that I love you, but I'm not mm -hmm. taking this anymore. And we're, right. you know. Well, because you know what? When you start to love anything more than God, mm -hmm. things are out of order. Big time. Right? I'm not, and the whole thing is, is that, you know, first love yourself. You know, you'll see in my, like on my Instagram, um, if anybody wants to follow me there, I'm at Nina Blaze, Nina X Blaze. And mm -hmm. I often say that I'm a fly girl, fly, F-L-Y, first love yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if you love yourself, and that's not narcissistic, but if you're loving yourself, that you accept yourself, you accept your flaws, you accept those things that, you know, maybe I'm not as tall, maybe I'm not as witty, you know, maybe I'm not this great cook, but there's a lot of great things that you bring to the table and you love that you are then loving a reflection of God. Because like you said, we are his reflection. We are made in his image. And until we can fully love and accept ourselves, here's a, here's a real, real key here. Until we love and accept ourselves, we can't possibly love and really accept someone else in all of their shortcomings. So really and truly what I've come to understand in my lifetime and, and dealing with a lot of these things, you know, when someone expresses something that's very judgmental, it's so easy for me now to not take it personal because you know what? It's not me they're judging. It's, it's themselves. There's something within themselves, right? Yeah. That they don't accept or they, they, they don't like. But, um, you know, I, I love and appreciate everybody because everyone is an extension, like you said, a creation of God. Mm -hmm. And God has such a, a great sense of humor. He's got a palette of colors. You could just look in the sky when you see different sunsets or sunrises, and you don't see anything more beautiful than that. There's nothing in this world that's just black and white. So why would we ex expect that us as human beings, right, made in his yeah. image, that we would be, you know, one or the other, or yeah. in these categories. We're just a nice smudge of, of the rainbow of everything. Yeah. And until we can accept ourself, there's so many people running around with judgments against their self, and it comes out and it gets thrown on, on everyone else, you know? So that's yeah. one principle that I've learned to really embrace and embody is, is don't take things personal. Yeah. Um, because I realize it's a, it's a reflection from that other side. And I just, yeah. you know, I go in prayer. I have a prayer wall with sticky notes. I, I pretty much just have a wall that's a, a sticky note wall <laughs> mm -hmm. for praying. Um, but that's the best thing we can do for one another. You know, yeah. that's the best thing that you can do for anyone is to yeah. lift them up in prayer because prayer does work. It really, really does. And there are many different roads to single parenthood. So the thing is, yes, don't, it doesn't, don't yeah. be judging people. It's no, you love them in why. their situations. You don't know exactly. who's died. You don't know who's been beaten. You don't know mm -hmm. who's been, you know, been abused. Uh, Correct. You don't yeah. know any of, of, of those things. So, mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't matter. I'm going to say this. It doesn't matter how they became a single parent. Our mm -hmm. attitude needs to be the same toward each and every single parent and their children. And that yes. needs to be an attitude of love. And right. this is, and I'm looking at an expression of Jesus, my elder brother. I see my father in these people. They're beautiful expressions of him. You know, they, they, they bear his image. And how yes. am I going to treat my father's image bearers, you know? And yes. um, 
I, I, I believe that that is so important because there can be such a stigma sometimes mm -hmm. and a lot of times in religious circles too absolutely you know, around single world. parents and assumptions that are made and i'm sure you know right. uh the side eye in the grocery store just for whatever yes. reason and i'll tell you what i wouldn't to be man if if i were a single mom with four kids in a grocery mm -hmm. store and you don't have anybody around to watch them it's not good. I don't think it's always going to be a perfectly ruly situation, you know, so we really need to have grace with each other and think more, how can we be of assistance? How can we do life with people and love yeah. people, you know? And if you're like, if you're like me and my wife, you just, you, you're not going to leave your kids with just anybody. Correct. You know? yeah. You're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So if you're like you were and you know, away from yeah. Detroit, you're in Atlanta, if you just don't know people, or you don't know people that well, mm -hmm. um, you're no. not just going to leave them with, with no. mindset in the grocery responsibility. Cart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mindset in the grocery cart, two was in the grocery cart, and the other two would hold on the side and I would reach out my hand and I say, if I can't touch you, you're too far. So mm -hmm. they usually just held them to the grocery cart, the two older ones, and then I had one in that front seat, and then one in the basket who was always reaching and pulling things into the basket. So you can imagine, and then I'm, and then you're pushing this basket with all these children in it. Mm -hmm. So um, needless to say, I always got my workout. But you know, people, like you said, Joe, you know, they look, they side-eye, they look at single parents, or they look at that mom at church that shows up week after week yeah. without a partner, you know, speak to her, reach out to her, talk to those children, because I tell you what, People get so stuck on, oh, where's the father? Or there's even single dads now, you know, where's, where's, the, where's the woman at? What about the children? How about that? Yeah. And How if you're, if you're pro-life, you better care about that life outside of the womb. Yes, <laughs> okay? exactly. We need to care exactly. about, we need to love our children. Whitney was right. You know, I believe children are our future. <laughs> and they, and they are. And I see beautiful things in the yes. generation that's coming up and the Lord taking you know, stories like yours, of children like yours, and, and just, yeah. you know, I mean, just, just raising them up out of brokenness and bringing decency and justice and love. Yeah. And so yeah. I see, Father, what other people see as a mess, I see a message, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, see, I, see, I see just a, a beautiful love revolution um, that's about to take place, you know? Yeah, I um, that. yeah. I think there's a lot of people that have been struggling, and I'm praying that, you know, not just with me, you know, speaking my truth and what I've come out with that, it would empower them to also take that step, you know, and if they have already walked out and been able to walk away from the situation that they would also speak up because, you know, like you said, things happen in cycle, that violence is in us, it's in a cycle. But then it also, if, if you see a family and you notice that, you know, the mother, this is what happened. And then when the children go older, it happens to them and their children, that's generation after generation and curses. People are not talking. You are, you're keeping these things hidden and you're allowing the enemy to come in and tear apart a family when instead, if you can, you know, be humble and say, hey, you know what? I went through the same thing. Or if you notice, and I will be bold and I will say this as a strong sister, if you know someone who is in a bad situation, okay? This is me, I'm, I will own this whole phrase, okay? I'm not gonna be okay with you just saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. If you know for a fact that he or she, uh, she, because sometimes there's men in bad situations too, and it's even harder for men to get out of a, a situation, okay? It does happen. There's a, there's a small percentage, but there are victims of violence, and it happens to men. 
But if you know, well, for the sake of this, we'll talk about women, a woman who is absolutely in harm's way and she has children and she's going to church and you see her regular, you know, she's at, at the job and she's late again because she looks a little disheveled or she's got on extra makeup because she probably got hit. You know what? Say it. Say, you have to get out of that situation. That is not God's love and that is not God's will for you. Yeah. You don't have to say it over and over, say it once firmly. And then, you know, maybe you can, you know, Google, you write down resources, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, or you can say, hey, you know, I heard that um, if you're thinking about leaving and you need a place to stay, I can be a place. I heard that uh, you should have some bags packed if you want. Are you, are you doing okay with food for your kids? Would you like to come over for dinner? Little things, because I know for me, my experience, it took me several times to leave before I actually stayed gone. And someone might say, well, why? Why would you keep going back? Well, you know what, Joe? Um, I loved him. I really loved him. And I kept wanting to believe when he'd say, this, this is the last time. I'm not going to do this again. Or, you know, I'm giving up these drugs. I'm done with it. And, and then you, there's the, there was a part of me that felt like, well, maybe I, I, I didn't love him enough. Maybe I didn't pray enough. Maybe I didn't fast enough. Maybe whatever, you know. But just continue to be there for that single mom but don't let her think for a moment that it's, it's going to get better and it'll be okay. If she's wearing makeup to cover up bruises, yeah. if she's not sometimes showing up to church crying and you know you, you hear yelling from outside the home. I mean, I, I am asking for a call to action, brothers and sisters, if you know that there's a bad situation. And now with COVID and everybody has to be home, yeah. right? Those situations are really accelerated. So if you're not seeing that your neighbor come out and check the mail, you know, every day, you haven't seen her for three or four days, you know, please knock on the door and say, hey, yeah. are you guys okay? There was, uh, there was these biscuits on sale, you know, at the store, two for five bucks. I picked up an extra set for you and your kids. Thought you guys might want to munch on it. You know, check on your neighbors. We are each other's keeper. Yeah. And if, if I wish something could have been different when I was going through my situation, um, some people I think probably, you know, had an idea or so, um, but no one ever said anything because I think people just, you know, don't want to rock the boat or yeah. it's, it's not good to get divorced if you're a Christian. If it's not God's love, it's not right. And God doesn't put his stamp of approval on it. You know, everything is different. Definitely, you know, you go through Christian counseling, there's there's different, uh, you know, on that, on that spectrum. And we did go to counseling, by the way, let me say that. And, and unfortunately, he was not in the mindset to make that counseling effective, okay? Mm -hmm. But I did go through that as well. It wasn't something that I didn't, you know, first go through the church and ask for counsel and guidance and prayer, went through all of these things. And even after all that, people still just did not want to say, hey, TJ, you know, you just need to leave. Mm -hmm. This isn't good. This it, it, And it's even worse for the kids because they witness it and they hear it. Yeah. So for the sake of the children, that is so unhealthy for them. Yeah. But women, if anybody's watching this and you know, if you have to ask yourself, should I leave or, or should I stay? That right there tells you, you need to go. If you're sitting there questioning, honey, should we, should we talk to, to Betty next door? Does, does this kind of sound like her? If, you, if you're already wondering, then you, you do. You do because right by the time you actually see it, because you want to keep the, the victims, we want to keep it hidden. We don't want anyone to know 
right? Because we're hoping that this time will be the last time. So if you're actually seeing evidence of this, it's been going on for a while and you could really save someone's life. You could really save them, the mental and emotional health yeah. of the children as well that's in the home. Yeah. So there's, you're, you're so wrapped up in loving that person. You do, I did. I needed someone to go, hey, you, you, you need to get out of there. That's not God's love. You know, yeah. maybe God can work on you and God can work on him, but you're in separate places, but the kids don't need to be under that, you know? Mm -hmm. that's, that's a good first step, right? Get, get in different places and, and get in a safe place mentally, emotionally, so those kids aren't hearing all that and seeing all that and, and you know, help those both parties see if they, you know, he wants to work mm -hmm. on this. You know, go to them in love. Obviously, if it's definitely someone from church, if it's a, a woman, again, a person in the workplace, yeah. pull her to the side and, and say, you know, do you feel safe at home? Yeah. And the, the face alone can tell you if she can't verbalize it. And mm -hmm. then be gentle, be loving, be caring. And, and, and then you can reach out to your community, just like in a Gwinnett County, we have the Family Violence Task Force. So no matter what state or county you're in, you should have resources at the uh, you know, local government levels. There's a lot of faith-based organizations and you can ask and get help, but they're out there. They're out there. And we, the people that are not in an abusive situation, we can be the hands, right? And, and the mouthpiece of God to help these individuals um, make that transition to healing. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, in respect to the person who's, who's doing the ab abusive behavior, you know, hurt people, hurt other people. I'm not here to cast judgment on why people get so caught up in drugs or why somebody has so much anger and is physically abusive. I can tell you they do need help too, but nobody should be anyone's punching bag. We really have to help heal our communities as a, as a, as a family, you know, as a team and, and stop just getting home, running in your door and shutting it as fast as you can. So you don't have to notice what's going on next door because we we've got too much stuff popping on social media now, right? Where, domestic violence and someone is killed or the whole family got killed and we're going and what did the interview say they go well we we knew them we we never thought that they had a problem they were mm -hmm. such a nice couple you know there there was that or no we never knew that there was a problem it, why they don't live in the in the woods they live in a in a community you know in a subdivision they go to the same schools as our kid they go to the same hospitals or place of worship why are we caught off guard and go, we never knew anything was wrong. Yeah. Well, we need to know our brothers and sisters around us. If we're out here to spread the gospel, we're out here to spread the love of Christ, you know, stop and linger at your mailbox for a minute. I don't know, park your car in the driveway instead of just ramming straight into the garage and take a look over and look at your neighbor and see, are they doing okay? Oh, hey, Ted, I didn't, when did you break your foot? You know, do you need me to pick up anything from the store for you or How's Gladys? Oh, she's sick? I, I didn't know that. You, you know what I mean? We just, what happened to us as a society? You know, yeah. we need to get back to, yeah. to really living out what we, what we go to church and praise and worship God for. Now we're doing it on, excuse me, online. But, you know, we do these things on a Sunday and then what happens the rest of the week? Yeah. And you know? it's, it's so important. Yeah, if somebody's being abused, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with calling the police. Mm -hmm. And if, if, you know, there are individuals and organizations 
who make women feel like spiritual giants if they're enduring a beating, you know, um, and all they're doing is enabling abusers, you know, and they're not, they're not working on the side of, of God, you know, that is, that is not the work of God. That is, that is not love. That is not getting people uh, the help that they need, you know, so, so yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, also not giving God the opportunity to show up in the situation and be God, right? Yeah. You it's know what, too? When, when you have, you know, faith communities where people can talk and be real and discuss these things and get these things out in the open, even in premarital counseling, or yes. when you have, you know, women who do, and you're not, you know, you can talk about things that, that go on and differences that you have, you know? Um, and where you where, where there's a community where you feel safe, I think that's so important. I think I think sometimes people feel safer in the bar talking to a bartender or a stranger next to them than they do the person in the seat or the pew or the Sunday school or whatever because they're trying to play Mister or Miss Perfect, you know. But I think if we if we just show up with you know warts and all and just 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 as who we are. And hey, we've got issues, we've got problems, you know, um, and then people stop playing games. And that's from, you know, that's in these hierarchical structures, that's from, that's from the pastors all the way down, you know, uh, to the greeter at the door, to the people in the pew or whatever arrangement you have. I'm, I'm an organic home church kind of guy, you know, but whatever it is, we ought to be able to, you know, to, to live with one another, to love one another. And hey, you know, someone's struggling, a brother's struggling with drugs, okay? So the brothers come and, you know, have an intervention, love on this guy, don't condemn him. It may turn things around to where he never lays a hand on his wife. You may be able to save, but it, save a marriage, but it takes communication, you know, and too many things are done in bubbles. And our society tends to be so, you know, independent instead of interdependent, you know, yes, right. And we really, we really need each other, like we're saying, and it's time to take off, no COVID pun intended, but take off the mask, you know, um, and, and not, not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not advocating that you, you know, violate any, any mandates or anything. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about the facade, the religious facades, and, yeah. and just be real where people can talk because people need to be able to talk about, about everything. That includes sexuality, relationships, mm -hmm. everything. And we ought to have communities where, where, where we can talk about those things. And we ought to have um, same gender relationships where, we mm -hmm. where we're surrounded with, with a team uh, yeah. that we can go to and talk and bounce things off of each other without, without, and you don't have to trash your spouse to do that, you know? But as far, as, far as having friendships and having, having relatives, you know, but when everyone is running around pretending to be perfect and casting stones at everyone who isn't, and they're really, again, because they don't like themselves, so they're really casting a stone, uh, you know, off of, off of a, uh, a trampoline at themselves, okay, uh, <laughs> a vertical trampoline, so to speak, then this, it's, not, uh, it's, it's not a good thing, you know, this, 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 this boomerang yeah. effect. But there's, I believe that there's so much more, and we really need to... Uh, you know, when we love each other, we're not going to enable each other to abuse right. or to be abused. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, relationships, because um, a lot of times, you know, anger manifests itself out of fear. So if yes. you catch a man who's, you know, just angry all the time, there's a lot of times there's fear issues That's there, right. you know, 
afraid, afraid that provision won't be there, afraid of, of whatever, you know, of cycles of violence that he may have seen in his family or things that are going on, of cycles of, of drugs or whatever it is, you know. Um, you can use anything to escape. You can use religion to escape. You can be addicted to, to church and not even really, you know, have a, have a strubby walking in strong union with the Lord, you know, uh, right. just, just to ease pain. But that's where it takes, that's where it takes interpersonal relationships, you know, and, uh, and just a mutual respect, that mutual love. And, uh, and that's why I'm so much for, you know, I look at like, when I look in the New Testament, I look at Priscilla and Aquila, I'm like, man, these folks sat around, they ate, they had bread, wine, they had, they feasted, and they shared, they did life together, they had community together, you know, so they yes. could be real, you know, it wasn't just staring at the back of somebody's head for two or three hours a week, you know, mm -hmm. and listening to a sage on the stage somewhere. This is, we're talking, we're real, you know, we're doing life together. We're, we're in the dirt together, you know, and helping each other, working through it and being real. You know, that's why I love what, what you're doing here and what you're saying and what your ministry and these other two ladies, they're precious as well. I've heard them, but uh, you know, what you, what you ladies are doing, it's being real and it's, and it's, it's, it's done in such a tasteful way but a beautiful way to where it, it, you know, it can touch people and help them. And you're not pretending to be perfect or to be pretending no. to be God's answer women. You're saying, Hey, I've screwed up. And, and, you know, um, and, you know, from the, I'm, I'm rising from the ashes. And, uh, you know, I think I can help you, you know, to avoid a lot of mistakes and a lot of problems. And I think that's how we, we all need to be. And so I really commend you for that, sis. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate the platform. Thank you. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about this. There's at least one other thing. And, um, you know, this is forgiveness and something that, that I've found before I even asked you the question, I found there's stuff I'm not able to forgive, just like I'm not able to love and God doesn't expect me to. He wants to do it through me, not for me to try to do it, but let Mr. Love in me, love and forgive, because in and of myself, I can't, you know, and I look at the one verse, you know, and this used to get me for so long, you know, uh, forgetting those things which are behind and pressing forth to what lies ahead. I pressed her the mark for the prize of the highway, the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. And it's like, well, if I forgive, then I should have to forget, you know, and that's not true. That word forget means to neglect. It means, yeah, you're going to remember it, okay? If you've been beaten by a man, okay? Or if you've been run over by a truck, okay? If somebody bombed your village, um, you know, you're not ungodly for not remembering it, okay? You still have a, a mind, you have a memory, but it's neglecting. It's not allowing that meditating on that thing and, and the, the badness of it and allowing that to fester is focusing on whatsoever is true, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is virtuous, a good report. You know, if there's any virtue, any praise, think on these things and move forward and press upward. So it's a matter of neglecting, not, not totally forgetting and it being erased from your mind because it doesn't work that way. Now there's some stuff you forget that happened in the past because it's like you just forget until somebody brings it up, you know? But, but, but by and large, there's, you know, let's say most of us have memories of things and some really bad memories and having the memory is not the bad thing and having a feeling from a memory is not a bad thing. It's what we do with it. But I believe what you're doing is taking it, taking things and being, being able to be empowered and to empower others in love 
so that they can walk in love. They don't have to walk in the same places. They can walk out of, you know, if they're being beaten, whatever, and do it in love, do it without condemnation, and walk in this, you know, in forgiveness. That is the Lord forgiving, his perfect forgiveness functioning through them, okay? But again, perfect forgiveness is not, uh, you know, if a snake bites you, it doesn't mean that you go play in its den again, okay? Right. You're That's still right. going to guard yourself from it, okay? And I'm not calling people snakes because that snake's not going to change its nature. God can change people, okay? So people right. are not snakes, but at the same time, it's, it's foolish. He doesn't want us, you know, you know to, so, so to forgive doesn't mean that, to, doesn't mean to, tr to fully trust, okay? Right. And, uh, and it doesn't mean, and it doesn't mean to forget, all right? It's, it's, I'm not holding this against you, and I'm moving forward, and I, and I love you. I care about you, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm praying with you, and, and so forth. So, what uh, did you do that helped you uh, forgive your ex? Okay, so I had, I had a lot of... Um... I had a lot of unraveling, if you will, that, that God worked with me, whether it was with interactions with other people. Um, I definitely, you know, uh, consumed a lot of books looking, trying to find, because I could feel this thing was still in me. And then there was even a period where I was like, ah, psh, you know, whatever, just, you know, I don't care. I'm just not going to deal with them anymore. Just stay out of my way. And I literally transitioned what I can tell you the difference between knowing that I really forgave them as opposed to when I said I forgave them. Okay. So the first part was like, yeah, I forgive them, whatever, just, you know, get out of my way, stay out of my face. But if I see them anywhere, I'm going to, you know, take my firearm right between the eyes and boom, or go out of my way and run them over. You know, I really did. I, you know, I, I had those feelings. And, that's and, and not sometimes, right. not to interrupt you, but I've forgiven people in the past, like out of my own self-righteousness. Well, I'm better yeah. than you. I forgive you, you know? And right. it's not really, it's but not you really. Know you don't. You know you don't, right? And so I had to really dig deep and understand, you know, what does that mean when we don't forgive? And for me, what simplifies it to me, it's saying that when I don't forgive someone, if I don't forgive someone, it's saying, hey, you still, you still owe me right? There's a debt. Mm. You owe me. You, you took this part of my life. You hurt my heart. You, whatever, just destroyed my, you know, my, my reputation, whatever the case is, you know, you stole all this money from me, whatever. You put me in a bad situation. When you don't forgive someone, you are holding them hostage in that they owe you something. And until they apologize and give you this thing that then I can write it off and say, okay, debt paid because you came and you groveled at my feet and you begged me for forgiveness. And I sat here and went, oh, oh, oh okay, no, now I've proven I'm right. That mindset, God told me that that has to go because again, you know, who am I, right? Jesus paid the ultimate price for our sins, right? He canceled all debts. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm a sinner. I fall short. There's areas in my life that I have grown through and come out from. And I praise God that if, you know, there's a scripture. What about if every thought we've ever had was grounds enough to put people behind bars? Guess what? I'd be there, mm -hmm. you know, because I used to say things, right? I used to say things like, man, if I could just highlight someone with my cursor and hit delete, 
there'd be a lot of <laughs> less people around because here I am making judgments, okay? So no, God already gave us his son, Christ Jesus, who, because he first loved us, because he desired to, number one, first and foremost, be obedient, trusting God the Father, who is also our Father, our Heavenly Father. Now, that's real trust, right? Where he's, he's, the, he's the one, he's the, he's the point guard that like, hey, you're going to pay, you're going to cancel the debt for all of these people. And Jesus was without sin, and he was obedient. He obeyed God out of love, and he did it for us out of love, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And so that is what kept getting wrapped around in my mind. And it, it, it seems as though God just kept marinating that in my thoughts. Cause I go to bed, you know, with my Bible, I'm reading through the scriptures over and over to the point where sometimes I get frustrated. I'm like, I don't know. I just don't think I can, I can do this God. But I, I kept going over and over and over and over and over and over and over. But then as I got to know and understand more who God is mm -hmm. and that God is love, yeah. and that he loves me and yeah. he created me that enabled me to love me and that enabled in, in me a way he's he is loving you for who you are yeah that, and it is that, about you because you're creating his image you're his daughter you know i mean yeah he loves you when going through being a survivor coming out of a situation like that you know there were a lot of phrases that i used to i used to say to myself, you know, how could you be so stupid? Oh, you're just this, you're that, you know, a lot of self uh, hate, defamation, putting myself down, embarrassment, shame, which we know that's not from God, you know, God brings uh, conviction, he doesn't bring that condemnation like that. Yeah. So all those things, and I had to learn to love me and see myself the way God sees me. And it wasn't until I was able to do that, which comes by understanding God and knowing how much he loves me and, and taking responsibility for my actions and saying, you know, I, I made that choice, right? I did that. And then realizing, wow, thank you. Thank you, God, for being with me yeah. through the whole thing and making sure me and my kids were safe. And once I understood those things, how, how God's love and grace is not just there for me, but mm -hmm. it's available to anyone who reaches out to him. Then I was able to see my ex through that lens, yeah. that he's, he is also a child of God, but he also has free choice on his own, yeah. right? And, and you, brought, I, you brought up something that we didn't touch on, and, and this is, you're not just rescuing yourself, you're rescuing your children if there are children involved. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because they're gonna, yeah, they, and they, they're seeing this, this healing in me. I have to believe that it's impacted, you know, their thought process of, of how they view, you know, their mm -hmm. father and, and, um, and in, in that capacity, how they're relating to him now. But I had to say that, you know what? Uh, and we haven't even talked, and I'll tell you this too. He's never apologized to me. We've never talked and we've never seen each other since everything came apart because um, he was actually even incarcerated. And so since that time, just no communication. My, my children as adults have reached out to him, the two older ones, and they have a relationship. And I told them a long time ago, I said, if that's something you desire, that's your right. You're free to do that. Leave me out of it. And I can tell you this, Joe, you know, I don't. I don't wish him anything ill or anything bad. Yeah. When you forgive someone, that does not mean, as you said, that, hey, you're back in full trust. 
when you forgive someone, that doesn't mean, hey, I know you just stole half a million dollars. Come on and work at this place of employment in my company again, and you can have your position as accountant back again. It doesn't mean any of that. What it simply says is, I, for me, I realize that I fall short and that there was a lesson that you need to learn in life. And I was the person who was appointed to walk in that journey with you. And now I've learned my lesson out of it and I own my responsibility and my part in it. I own my part in it. And you don't owe me anything. I'm gonna walk away wiser. I'm gonna walk in love because God loved me. And I sincerely hope and wish that he is also, um, you know, gotten to a place where he can receive God's love and he can let that supernatural power of God to change his life and to change him. Again, God and the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. God doesn't force his love on anyone. So imagine our God, you know, having to sit there and wait for us to come around <laughs> because he's not bribing us. He's not doing magical things because we say a certain, you know, chant. He is just love and he loves us pure because of who he is and no other reason. So um, when I understood how God loves me and that I'm love and, and I'm okay just the way I am, even in spite of everything that happened, who am I to sit here? I don't want to hold anybody hostage or in bondage and say, you owe me, you owe me for what you did to my life. Because guess what? Without that life lesson, without all of those things, I, I wouldn't have this golden nugget to share with you and, and, and the viewers about life and how you could save anywhere from one to 20 years of your life <laughs> by being very careful with who you choose as a life partner and yeah. understanding first and foremost who you are as a creation of Christ. Not that you're just Christ-like, but we are made in his image and understanding that not only is God love, but your love and everything about you is absolutely beautiful and yeah. right. And you are more than enough and you are worthy. You don't have to do anything to earn God's love. So in spite of what we were told as children or, or mm. told because we were exposed to other people that have been hurt and damaged, mm. what matters is the opinion of your creator. And your creator says, you are good enough yeah. and you are loved. Mm -hmm. And when you can really embrace that, the, the forgiveness is, it's easy to just go, here you go. You, you don't know anything. Yeah, that, that's so good. Um, you know, there's a couple and they're not cliches. They're actually good analogies. They say, you know, uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and wanting the other person to die. Or it's like squeezing razor blades, you know, um, you're, you're the only one being cut. And I know there's been times in my life where I've been up all night and the person I was angry with was sleeping like a baby. I'm, I'm sure of it, you know. Oh, yeah. They're not we, even thinking of us. They don't nope. care. Moved on. The only, the only one I was hurting was myself. And, and, you know, something too, father knows the big picture because a lot of abusers have been abused. Right. And there's things in people's lives and he has compassion and love and empathy. And although he wants, he doesn't want us to be abused by people, uh -huh. he still loves those, those people so much, you know, and cares for them. They're his image bearers. 
And, yeah. you know, you wonder what would have happened to a Hitler who didn't go through what he went through in his boyhood, you know, he could have turned out to be a, a Nobel Peace Prize winner, you know, and, 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 and someone who was, you know, lauded in, instead of being someone who, who goes down in infamy, you know, in, in, in our history as we know it. So, you know, there's things that happen in people's, in people's lives. And uh, that's why it's so important to to love children, to care for children, yes. and not just your own children, and to, and to love each other, and to be there for each other. And, and again, when people have environments, safe environments where they can talk, a lot of these hurts can be erased. And there's so many things that we yes. have, you know, Jesus was, was, was touched with, with the feeling of our infirmities, every single one of them, you know, and he was tested in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. I mean, so he knows you can be real with Jesus, you know? Mm -hmm. You can be real when you talk to God in prayer. Hey, I'm angry. I want to kill somebody. I want to, you know, <laughs> I just want to, I'm just really, really, you know, ticked off and, and whatever. You know, mm -hmm. I believe David was really just got crazy with God. You know, I want to break people's teeth and I want you to break their teeth, you know? And, and I mean, just crazy stuff that, that, that David would say. But he was, he was real. And, and I, I believe we need to be real instead of religious with our loving yes. father who cares about us. Let him know our hurts, our pain. And with, you know, have people around us that we can, you know, can do that and find, you'll know in your spirit when there's people that you can trust. You don't just want to just That's air right. it anywhere right. or it's just not, on. It's not everybody. You know, you no, can't. It's not, it's not your whole Facebook community for sure. It's, right. it's not your Facebook community. It may not even be, you know, that, that prayer circle when someone says, you know, unspoken prayer. And then they say, well, and then they elaborate. And next thing you know, it circulates, you know, ask God for discernment, yeah. who to share with. He'll reveal, he'll reveal that to you. You know, like you said, God knows everything. He knows the big picture. He knows our heart. Um, and it is not his desire for anyone to be living and suffering, not just the, the victim, but even the abuser. Because I have to believe that as we are all children of God, that there is a desire, there's a desire to not be that way, but people get lost or people don't know how to find help. And when you get so far gone, I think that even just for me in the, in the, the place of victim at the time, you can't even think about how or who do you ask for help from, mm -hmm. which is why I urge our community to, you know, reach out and just say, hey, you know, I'm not trying to be nosy and maybe I saw something that I misinterpreted, but are you guys okay? Because we could hear you guys shouting from our driveway and it sounded like something, someone got hit or, I mean, are you all right? Mm -hmm. You know, because even if they tell you, yeah, I'm fine, nothing happened, but something really did, you are now planting the seed. And in their mind, they can no longer say something like, you know, God, you don't even care. You don't even care because now they're aware, right? We are God's eyes. We're God's ears. We're God's hands. And, and we have to protect. And again, my whole, my main reason, not just to help those single moms, those women that are affected by violence, but especially the children in the household, mm -hmm. we have to protect the children, love yeah. the children. Um, you know, everybody's at home now during COVID. And so it might be a little easier to get frustrated, please be careful with the words that you say to the mm. children because they take everything we say wholeheartedly, you know, um, and, and they're out of sorts because they're used to seeing their friends and clowning around and being silly. Now they got to be home and work on the computer 
take their, their little plate with their sandwich and Cheetos or whatever, and they put it in the sink, you know, say, hey, good job. You took your plates to the sink, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you think your kids want to be home with you all day too? No, they don't, they want to see their friends, but we're mm -hmm. all going through this, this change. And um, yeah. so, you know, reach out, hug your child, even the smallest little thing. I like the way you did your hair. Did you put gel? Oh man, don't you look so handsome. Mm -hmm. You smell great, hug them, because that builds their self-image, yeah. right? You've, we teach our kids how to love themselves by how we love on them. Mm -hmm. So you don't want your child growing up into an adult that feels unworthy and unloved so that some other adult comes around and maybe they're also been hurt and they get stuck in a situation. And next thing you know, you know, there's a little yeah. TJ. No, let's not do that. <laughs> let's mm. love on, let's love on the kids and help each other know what is love? What yeah. is real love? What would you say to a woman that um, she's about to enter a relationship and it's like, there's a million red flags, but she's thinking, I can change him or God can, or, you know, I see so much potential girl. Uh, what's your advice? Yeah. Okay. No, potential is a bad word. I, I just like to rip that out the dictionary. Okay. Potential is a, is a rubber check. Potential is monopoly money. You can't take it to the bank. You know, it looks good. It might fill your wallet, but it's worthless. It's absolutely worthless. What I'm saying is, if there's a bunch of red flags, sister, if you feel like you can change them and there's potential, you are about to get in relationship with a build-a-bob, a build-a-boo, okay? We don't want guys that we have to build. We want him to be a man that's already made, a God-made man, right? We want a God-centered, centered on God, loving man we're not trying to raise a man we're not trying to build a man we're not trying to build a boo we're not you know we're not we're not doing that sisters okay it's time <laughs> to get with the program if you can accept him just the way he is ask yourself this ladies and this is what i tell ladies at our single mom meetups and things okay the way that person is and this is good for you fellas too okay the way you meet that young lady or that woman or that man if they did not increase in their earning income, if they didn't increase in their education, if they're just the way they are, all their little weird quirks, they're gonna stop smoking, but they still kind of smoke. You know, whatever habits, everything they do, if you can live with that exact version and nothing else for the rest of your life and you're okay with that, and, 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 you feel that that is God's best for you and that's God choosing it for you. Go for it. Mm. Yeah, my, <laughs> my, my mind like work, my imagination works like cartoons and I was picturing like a build a boo store at the mall and it's just, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We don't, you don't want to build a boo. You want that already together, you know? Cash is better than credit is what my dad always said, right? That's good. We don't want a wimpy. I'll give you, you know, what is that? You know, a hamburger today for, you know. I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Yeah. yeah, no, no. You're not on loan, sister, okay? You're, you don't put yourself on a layaway plan for anyone. Know your value and they've got to be able to buy you, quote unquote, afford you, meaning your heart, your spirit, your soul, your prayer life, 
your mental health, your emotional health. You know, they've got to be able to take the full package and, and just be able to say, that's the one I want right there. That's God's choice for me and take you home and cherish you and love you and you vice versa. A lot of times, I wanna, I wanna say this though, we as men or women are looking for that right partner. Mm. How about you focus on being that right partner? That's good. What do you need to work on for yourself? Because whatever you are lacking, it is not that other person's responsibility to bring that happiness in you or you know, level you up. You be leveled no. up because you know, whatever you are is what you're going to attract. So if you're attracting women, if you're attracting a bunch of these, you know, bugaboos and, and scrubs and whatever you want to call them, then you got to ask yourself, what are you, what are you doing? Mm. You know, because I know that in my life for everything that I have, um, thanks to God, been through and understand, I understand my value and I am not going to settle for Anyone that, you know, still lives with his parents in the basement, you know, I, I don't know. But, you, you, you know, a man of God takes care of his family and his home. I mean, I, this, this is a whole other thing I don't want to go off on. But mm -hmm. potential and red flags, that right there tells you. If, he, if yeah. you hesitate, you know, letting this person meet your, your family, you know, that's a red flag. Think about that. If he smokes and you're absolutely against smoking and well, I can make him change. No, you can't. You need to understand you can't make anybody change. The only person you can affect is yourself. Mm. So if you're okay with him smoking and sometimes drinking and sometimes going out and not coming back when he says he will, you know, fellas, if you're okay with her, you know, taking your credit card and maxing it out after she says she's just going to do one thing and then she does five things. If you're okay with that, that, that right there, accept it just the way it is. And if you're a believer, you've got to know that is, is this in line with God's will for your life? Mm. Is, is this, he who finds, ladies, he who finds a good wife, finds a good thing. So myself, that's my stance. I'm not looking for anyone, you know. My king is out there for me. And I, I sometimes I say to God, I say, God, you know, did he get lost or something? You know, I haven't really seen him around. But then, honestly, I think there's still more things God is working on with me. And I just need to do the things that God puts before me. Yeah. Um, you know, do the work of the Lord, you know, um, seek first the kingdom. And all these things will be added on to me. And I'm trusting God for that. TJ is not picking anyone anymore. No, mm -hmm. they've got to number one. I've got to know that God sent them. My best friends will also get that same memo. They're not going to look at me and go, who is this? Where did this person come from? Mm -hmm. You know, because if we're all in the family, then it's going to be an easy thing to say, yes, that is the one that God has for you. You know, yeah. honor, respect, love, compassion, those automatically come. There'll be no doubt. So yeah, no build a booze. Yeah. And that can all happen <laughs> organically, you know, I mean, it's not like somebody who's, you know, wants to find a job and just, you know, hides in their basement either, you know, and doesn't make themselves yeah, you know, uh, available, but there's a certain, you know, uh, decorum and just a way that, that, you know, that people carry themselves in everyday life. And 
And I think having friendships with people of both genders and seeing how people relate uh, in settings where there are a lot of people where, you know, are they treating you like a sister? Are they treating you like, you know, like they'd want somebody to treat their mom, you know? Um, How does this person act in this social setting as a group and whatnot, you know? So there's time they workplace or wherever you are, you know, yeah, relationships are good, but it's got to be organic. And, and nobody, you know, a lot of times we'll see people settle because like you said, they, they lack self-respect. And so, you know, if I'm no good, then guess what I'm going to draw, you know, Um, or, or there are women too. And this is, this is so true. If your mindset is all men are pigs, guess what you're going to attract? That's it. Because that's, that's all that men can be to you, and that's what you're going to look for. That's the law of attraction. That's what you go. That's what you're going to attract. You know. Yes, you've got to right, sisters. If every how come every time that's all I ever get, liars and cheaters. Well, let's see. What what pool are you swimming in all the time? Where are you going? You know, are you going to the club? Are you you know, are you in a in a in a, in a writers group? Or you know, you're attending the small group in church or. You know, there's a lot of different places. You've got to, you know, again, with intention, when you choose a life, you've got to choose and, you know, we intentionally choose where we work. This just came to me, right? We choose where we work. We have to put an application where we work. There's an interview process and then we work there and it's a 90 day trial to see if they like us. And we, as the worker, reserve the right to see if, you know, I like working at this job or maybe I don't. But why is it that when it comes to relationships, there's no form or fashion, you know, oh, she smells good. She looks good. He looks good. I like his shoes. And all of a sudden you guys are hanging out and I'm speaking from experience where I'm observing, you know, friends and associates. And, And then all of a sudden you're just together and it's like, it just happened. And, and then if, if you've already performed the act of marriage, okay, out of, out of desperation and lust, what happens is you've, you become one with that person and then you've got these, these other ties, spiritual, psychological, uh, physical, every other way, and it's harder to, uh, to withdraw, to get out of something like that because you've biblically, I mean, according to the Old Testament, in a way you have been, uh, you just got married, you know? So mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just, that's it. Yeah. 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 yeah, and that's a uh, woo. Yeah, we need a whole nother prayer for the show. Talk on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's another topic. For but yes. day. So yeah, uh, back to your question. What would I tell someone? There's red flags and potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't take that to the bank, baby. That's not good. Can't yeah. build on that. Yeah. Well, TJ, if there's anything that you, what I want just is to kind of give you the floor now, just if there's anything you want to share in closing, and then pray for sisters, pray for whoever might be watching, might be hurting right now, might be abused or confused, or what the things that you have said may have just saved somebody from making a huge mistake. So however you feel the Lord leading you, just I'm going to let you have it before we close. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Um, well, to the, to the viewers out there, I just thank you for taking your time and, and tuning in to uh, Love Reimagined. This is an awesome place to uh, really build your spirit, man. And uh, in the world we live in, I hope to also build your faith. Um, everything that I, I said tonight, I'm divinely inspired, I believe, by the Spirit of God. And I always pray that the way I show up, it's not about me, but it's about Him. And I want to, you know, just be that proof positive to you that you know God is real 
and he is there. He is the source. We are the resource. He is the source. Um, so feel free. Uh, Joe is going to drop in the description box ways that you can, uh, you know, see the single mom life or my YouTube channel. Um, I'm on Instagram at Nina X Blaze. I try to give positive messages and post little fun pictures or whatever. Feel free to reach out. Feel free to uh, ask me any questions. There's resources in your local state or community. And if you have a hard time with that, I don't mind, you know, getting behind the keyboard and Googling just as you would, and maybe I'll have better luck. I'd love to help you. Uh, reach out to us too at The Single Mom Life because our goal is to empower, especially single parents, single moms um, that are struggling, whether it's developing your career or professionally, or just helping you to do life easier while you're raising those children in a home where you're the only parent, okay? It can be done, but we don't expect you to do it by yourself. Uh, let us who have been through it, you know, help give you guidance and you can pick and choose what best fits for you. All right. Um, gonna pray for all of the uh, single moms out there and single parents. All right. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just approach your throne of grace. Oh God, and I just thank you. I thank you, Daddy God, for this opportunity uh, to be transparent with all of our viewers. I thank you for my brother, Joe, and for how you've created a way for him on this earth to help further your kingdom, to shed light on who you are, oh God, and to help us see you in a, in a, in a way of clarity in a world full of chaos. Lord, I thank you for every person that's dialed in and for every person that has chosen to share this episode especially. Lord, I pray that wherever my voice falls upon, that this is a divine message for you or someone you know. You can be that person that makes the change for a young person's life, the difference in a child's life, the difference in a mom's life, you could be the one to help save that marriage where both partners are hurt and they just don't know where to go. Let God be the one to show himself strong. We're just asking you to be his mouthpiece or be his hands, but do believe that the supernatural power of God will come through. So Father God, I ask you to bless all those households right now, Lord. Everyone who is struggling, who's having a challenge in a relationship where there may be abuse. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just permeate that home right now. Every individual, including the children, may your precious blood cover them all from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Lord, there's somebody out there right now who's been thinking for a long time to leave the situation and fear grips them, Lord. I pray that they would have not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, that they would draw into your word, that they would crave your word so that their spirit would grow stronger in their spirit, man, with you, oh Lord, would help show the way for them to exit that situation. Lord, I ask that you put those people in place for them to help them, Lord. May whoever hears these words, your spirit be quickened for you to take your place at this time. This is not a calling for everyone, but those who are divinely appointed to be the protectors, to be the people that pray, to be the people that intercede in a situation where domestic violence is involved. This is your time right now to let God's love and light shine through you. Father, I ask that you protect every person within the sound of my voice. And I thank you now, Lord, for making the way for them. Bless her, Father God. Bless the children. 
Bless the Father, O Lord, and help every person get the resources that they need. May we be your hands and feet. And in Jesus' mighty name, may your kingdom be established on this earth. For your word says, as it is in heaven, so it shall be on earth. And as it is on earth, so it shall be in heaven. May your kingdom reign on this earth now and forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you all glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, TJ. This has been wonderful. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, and I want to say to all our viewers, listeners, God bless you. We love you so much. And I know there's more strong sisters out there, and you may just feel a heart on your tug string, uh, on your heartstrings, a tug. Um, you know that that you need to share your story and just go to LoveReimagine.org. Go to the contact page get up with me. We'd love to hear your testimony, love to hear what you have to say to, uh, you know, to other women and to humanity, because what you say matters, who you are matters. God has a feminine side. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. And it's something that men cannot express. So we need you. Uh, love Reimagine needs you. The world needs you. So contact us at lovereimagine.org. We're going to put all the links to the interviews uh, on the YouTube description, also at lovereimagine.org and uh, on the podcast description. So you'll be able to get up with TJ and such a blessing. Uh, their website is fantastic. It's wonderful. They have merchandise and all kind of stuff. Uh, she didn't ask me to put in a plug for any of that but it is all wonderful. And these three ladies are really precious. And the show is just, it's top notch. It is just fantastic the way that they've done it. So it is really a wonderful thing that they're doing with excellence. So again, TJ, thank you so much, viewers and listeners. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>so much for being with us today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and share with your family, friends, and those who have yet to discover their awesomeness and yours. You can also check us out at lovereimagine.org. Again, no cows were harmed during the recording of this episode.